This is Fuller Speed Ahead. I appreciate that Craig Fuller is giving me the opportunity to be the transportation technology nerd that I am and be able to really dig into one of the le uh, industry leading technology companies that's uh, providing some pretty significant value to their customer base. So I'm really thrilled today to be joined on Fuller Speed Ahead by Tom Fogarty, who's the CEO at Best Pass. Tom, thanks for joining us. Oh, George, thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. So we're going to talk a lot about, um, about Best Pass and your leadership, but let's give uh, everybody a quick uh, summary about, uh, about Best Pass. You joined uh, as CEO, I think, back in 2020. So mm -hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, about Tom Fogarty, and then we'll get into Best Pass. Yeah, sure. So I did join just about nine months ago um, and uh, was really looking for a, a few different things as I pondered, you know, my next position, next venture. Uh, my last firm I was with for about 11 years, we were in the business uh, in another financial technology company of uh, preventing financial crimes. Uh, and after growing the business uh, fast and successfully, um, we were able to uh, combine with the division of Moody's. Uh, and really produce killer products and a killer team that I wouldn't want to keep cute with anymore. Uh, so when I was asked what I want to do next, well, I wanted to find a situation where I could kind of roll the clock back uh, five or six years, not the whole 11, uh, because the first couple of years of generating a few million bucks were, were an awful lot of work. Uh, but roll it back five or six years to a business that was a really good business uh, with a chance to be a great business, a business that was growing nicely, uh, a business that had deep customer relationships and incredible retention rates, because that's the first thing I looked at was uh, if you've got a, a product with a really good solution, then customers are happy with you and they never leave. Uh, and that generally means there's a pretty good team behind it. Uh, and I looked under the covers, found that, and it just had a little bit of growing up to do in terms of, you know, how do you, how do you get from 30 million to 75, 100 million? What types of processes do you have to put in place? How do you keep that innovation engine going? And those were the challenges I was looking to do because I felt, you know, there was a been there, done that element for me. Uh, and I found a perfect match with Best Pass. That's really terrific. So um, I'm sure most of the viewers know about Best Pass and, you know, the comprehensive payment platform uh, and toll management. And, you know, I'm sure and we can talk about the commercial fleets and the sizes and types where your targets, which I think is a really is a really big target. So. It's a it's a it's a fascinating um, opportunity to take a company from good to great, you know. And and as you as you joined and and you rolled that clock back those those four or five years or so, did you target anything specifically initially? And how long did it take you when you when you got there to fig to figure out what to target? Or how did how did you take that first step from good to great? Well, I think the biggest thing was taking a step back and uh, taking a more planful approach. It was a business that had really grown nicely, grown very quickly, and uh, sometimes maybe grew a little bit too fast uh, and hadn't really put that kind of spots of maturation to make sure that um, every customer phone call was picked up with enthusiasm right away and all those kinds of things that mean you got to take a step back from the pressures of the day-to-day -day and the growth. Uh, to say, how do we do things right? How do we build a business that we can really scale up and make it seamless uh, for our partners, for the tolling authorities, and for our customers? Uh, and so, you know, in in prioritizing where to plan, uh, it was really about figuring out how to inspire uh, further innovation uh, to take us to where we wanted to be. 
innovation every day is kind of a, a theme of what we talk about in the business. And, and whether you're in accounting, customer service, technology, uh, what, I want folks to be challenging the status quo and finding better ways to do things because that's where we'll find the nuggets that keep making it easier and easier uh, to build a great business around. First um, major initiative was really creating a product-led focus on what our customer needs were. So a very disciplined approach to the different areas that we could expand our footprint and expand the solution. Uh, and then prioritizing that out, understanding where we needed to go and putting the funding behind it. You know, it's been an exciting chapter for Best Pass. We, when I started, we were at 90 uh, employees. Uh, we're just crossing over 115 now, so more than a 25% growth over that time period. And that came building a product team, uh, tripling the capacity on the development side and expanding key functions within the business along the way as well. So were there any particular um, processes or techniques, um, literally any, any books that you've utilized and, you know, to, to spread across the organization to, you know, try to get everybody rowing in the same direction? Yeah, there's a, a really, there's a really good book um, about empowering teams and getting everybody to think out of the box and, and start to take ownership and responsibility um, uh, by a former uh, Navy captain called It's Your Ship, uh, where he took uh, the boat from, uh, the ship rather, from uh, the worst performer in the, in the Pacific fleet to the best, at least by his telling. Uh, but it, it's a wonderful story about uh, accountability, about inspiring your teammates, uh, giving them the, um, the ability to impact change in a way that they hadn't even thought was possible before. So if, you know, if, if you're in customer service, you know more about customer service at Best Pass than, than by all means I do and anyone else in the business. And you should use yeah. that knowledge to figure out what is the best path, best path forward as opposed to just doing your job every day. How um, have you incorporated in that the customer voice? Um, is that is that in in a direct manner? Um, because you've got you've got them of all sizes and types. Is there is there a way that you've been able to sort of distill that down into things that you can make actionable, or is that sort of a, is that to some degree a work in progress? It's definitely a work in progress, and it's the most important thing that we've got to get right. So yeah. uh, we have the luxury, and I have the luxury of working with a, a great business partner in John Andrews. Uh, who really took the business um, forward, you know, under the Trucking Association of New York and built out a solution that's uh, already beyond par in the industry. But um, the fact that we're built by truckers for truckers and and uh, and really facilitating the uh, the quicker, faster, easier payment systems for them uh, is great. But you can never rest on the fact that you understand the industry and and think that all that knowledge can be internal. We've got to talk to our customers and, and we've also got to talk to our key partners. So, um, you know, the tolling authorities and their challenges and the value that we provide to them in delivering great customer service and simplifying the billing arrangements and the interaction between truck fleets uh, and our partners. Um, they've got an awful lot to say in terms of where the industry is heading, where the solutions need to head and how we can be better partners for them. Uh, and then similarly, of course, Customer needs are all about what drives business value. Uh, and the better we figure that out, the, be the closer we get to them, the better off we are. So that's part of that product transformation, product-led transformation, is getting that new, relatively new product team 
uh, out in front and in the right conversations with the customers, along with our domain experts who have always been with the business, making sure that that information is fresh and evolving and uh, innovating all the time. So I've got to imagine, I mean, you guys are working down to the pennies for um, fleets of all sizes and types. Accuracy, the data accuracy has to just be so critically important. Uh, how are you investing there as your as your growth is 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 going so significantly? You now we, we can't suddenly allow accuracy to go away. How how are you investing in the business to maintain that incredible level of accuracy that you have to have, but at the same time be able to process? X amount more transactions every minute. Right, I would say that um, uh, you know, as we've more than doubled our development capacity, I really look at it in uh, two ways. Half of, is, half of it is on pure innovation. Where can we extend the product? Where can we provide greater value to our customers and partners? Uh, the other half is about, as we scale, making sure that that integrity is there because that's poker stakes, and, you know, anti-stakes in this business. Um, you've got to have it. We're a fintech business, uh, which means we've got to have the same accuracy in moving money around that a bank would have. Uh, so that requires uh, constant updates, constant upgrades, working with our providers. There's a lot of back office changes that are going in, in the toll network and staying on top of that and building a system that's nimble enough to move as they move. And you know we've got nearly 50 tolling authorities that we work with today. Uh, and keeping an eye on all those changes and making sure that we are nimble, accurate, and uh, and quick is what it's all about. That that fifty was kind of where I was going to go. So, um, is is there a, is that fifty optimal? Do you keep adding? Or is, are are there locales, geographies that are uh, that are not being serviced? What's what's that look like? Yeah, so we've got ninety nine percent coverage of all of the tolling uh, in the US. Uh, we've got coverage of some of the tolling cross-border uh, into Canada and are expanding into Mexico. Um, key strategic initiatives have to do with expanding that network in both those countries, provide coverage as well. Uh, so we are, we are looking at, we've got an active development plan. Um, we just went live with Tuscaloosa Bypass that you may have seen in our, uh, in, in our right, uh, uh, press releases. And we also did, um, the rest of the American road, uh, roads networks are coming on uh, this month. So, you know, we're constantly expanding that network. That's really key. And that that is a key value that we offer to our customers. That coverage, the ability to go with a single uh, transponder uh, and go coast to coast, provider to provider, uh, and make sure that the billing is accurate is really key. So we do have an active provider expansion uh, campaign going on there. and. One of the things that you mentioned in terms of comprehensive payments platform, you know, we have uh, we have our eyes on providing value beyond toll, right? We do some of that today in violation management, citations, and things like that. But you know, if it's if it's on wheels and it needs to make payments, ultimately we want to be able to support that. So you know, in in today's world, it's really tolling into um, road usage charges, mileage-based charges, expanding into ferries, truck washes, um, fast food, and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and fuel stations, things like that. So uh, we're actively expanding that, which will you know, exponentially expand the 
what I look at is the provider network uh, and the value that we offer to our customers. But you know, immediately we need to make sure that if there's a major new tolling facility out there, that BestPass is viewed as a critical partner for them to get wired in uh, right off the bat. As uh, one who lived in North Texas uh, for 12 years, um, the expansion of the tolling capabilities was remarkable. Um, and uh, um, I've lived within, I don't know, maybe a mile or so from the Sam Rayburn tollway that the day that it was opened in North Texas there, it was obsolete because there was so much growth and it was it was being expanded. So I got to imagine that the amount of um, tolling that's being constructed right now is continuing to increase. I, 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 it's not just the what I see when I'm out there, but that, that's got to be what you guys are experiencing. Yeah, and I think North Texas, you know, really has it right. Uh, because you've got a population that realizes the challenges, willing to enable additional uh, tolling facilities to fund the infrastructure improvements that's, that's needed. And if you compare that direct result on, yes, obsolete, and there's still traffic, but you compare the traffic um, around there to the traffic in Atlanta, which has had tolling on the out a few times, it keeps shooting it down. Um, you've got you know just a nightmare scenario there. So for sure, uh, infrastructure needs to improve, it needs to be funded, and tolling and public-private partnerships are key elements in making that happen. Do, that's, a, that's a fascinating thing you talk about because, and I'm sure you're the same way, as much as we've traveled, um, and I was, uh, it was intriguing, uh, was watching something the other day, and they were talking about the, the um, traffic in the Los Angeles area, and the, and the person who was presenting was like, I don't know why I keep saying that because no matter where you live, you you have traffic. And I will say, being outside of Chattanooga, I live with less traffic than I did when I was commuting in Boston or commuting in Philadelphia or commuting uh, in Dallas. But you know, we still have we still have our traffic. The the as you as you describe the the Atlanta versus Dallas. Do you see, and are there are there studies that have that have shown that where tolling has been put in place, you have more of the Dallas experience, which is, I when I moved to Dallas, it took me 40, 45 minutes to get to DFW from my house in Frisco. Sam Rayburn Tollway came in, it turned it into a 22 minute run, and that was me driving at the the normal the normal speed limit. And yeah, there are some great studies. I don't have any off the top of my head. That, that, that'd be, it's fascinating, isn't it, though, to say that, you know, because and I don't mean to disrespect any of my friends in Atlanta, but I'm sure that they would agree with me. That is a disaster down there with regards to the way that the traffic is managed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, uh, you know, I think our, our our good partners over at Transcore would probably be able to uh, email you uh, 20 different studies that verify that right off the top of their head. Um, but But for sure, it's a factor. Uh, it is the way of the future, and um, it, it's it's one of the reasons why I saw this business that can go to, from good to great has very favorable market tailwinds behind it. Because um, you know our partners on you know in in the truck fleets and the amazing job they did in pivoting uh, when the world shut down just about a year ago, uh, and then you know rerouted supply chains, kept it all going, and 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 making it all happen uh, so that we could continue to have. Uh, 
you know, fairly decent economy through it, despite the pains and the pressures uh, and and keeping people with critical supplies. And even now with the uh, challenges of distributing the vaccine, you know, they're taking a lead. And I'm just, you know, both thrilled by uh, the reaction and follow through uh, by our, our truck fleet uh, partners, but also the, the role that we've had in making sure that we enable it and simplify that whole equation. So uh, let me spin a little bit uh, in my data nerd way, but um, you've got so much information within the organization that you're having to keep accurately and all. Is there is there um, things that you provide back? Obviously, there's going to be reporting that you provide back to your customers, um, but are you are you able to show them best practices, show things that they may or may not be doing that that others that others aren't through all of the investments that you made in the technology? Uh, in many cases, but I would go back to your work in progress question before, uh, because um, we do have a lot that is on the roadmap in terms of really teasing out value from our data assets, you know, and, and some of it's quite simple, right? When uh, uh, New Jersey Turnpike has a very large uh, increase in uh, in toll rates implemented in, I think it was September of 2020, we should, as soon as that was announced that it was going to take place, we should have been able to turn to our customers and, and, and let our big customers know, you just added a, a million, you need to add a million dollars to your budget for next year if you do nothing. Right. And those types of things. I think there's a lot of value in, the, in that insight and ultimately being able to say, and if you do things differently, here's some ideas and here's some intelligent choices that you can make based on the data and your routing. Interesting. So as we've talked about the company, as I said, people, I think, know a lot about it. Let, let me you know, give the sort of very wide berth, though, about your customers. You describe the I think I think it's more than ten thousand. But what what is the what is the boundary of how little a fleet am I? How big a, a fleet am I that makes up what BestPass has in in your portfolio? Yeah, we're really the only company that does span the gamut. So from large fleet large fleets, we've got um, close to seventy of the top one hundred um, uh, over the road truck fleets uh, in the U.S. Um, we've got. Uh, We've now crossed over uh, 12,000, getting close to 13,000 customers, uh, and that includes thousands of owner operators um, and, you know, of all classes of, uh, of, of truck vehicles. So um, we're out there, we're providing that simplicity uh, really to all levels of work organizations, getting them better discounts, less violations, um, instant registrations, you know, those types of things. Where we're really providing value. We've got over 675,000, getting close to 700,000 transponders uh, tracking on behalf of a total of roughly 2 million, 2 million vehicles enrolled uh, and you know, processing over a billion dollars in toll. I know you saw that in a press release uh, yeah. as well. Uh, and so, you know, we're, we're doing very well, but there's more to go and more to expand. Uh, in terms of meeting the needs in of, of our key core constituencies. And then we've got to think about what we're doing internationally as well. Right, right. So so as you um, are building this business and, and you know, hearing the, the human capital and investment that you've made to grow the staff to where, to where it is, let's talk a little bit about that in the day of the, of the pandemic, you know, based in Albany, 
you're remote, I'm remote from our office and the workings of that. Sort of two-pronged question, how has the company dealt with the pandemic and some amount of your team working remotely? And then a sort of follow-up on, how are you recruiting you know, now the kinds of people that you're looking for and talking about doubling the size of certain parts of the of the company. So for, first one, how's the pandemic uh, treated you with regards to remote and working on site? Yeah, well, for, first from a personal level, uh, you know, it's the probably the only job I've taken without meeting my team face to face before getting into the role. So Zoom has performed a, a, a valuable function. I was fortunate that we were, uh, we did shut down the office with the exception of our logistics and fulfillment team, uh, because we've got to get uh, equipment out to our customers uh, at all times. But even there, we had to behave differently. So we had them still coming into the office, uh, splitting shifts, uh, a lot of social uh, distancing in the office and a lot of antiseptic used. Uh, starting in July, right after the, the July 4th weekend, we opened the office for general availability, but not a requirement to come in. And we recommended that folks come in as needed for, for teamwork and collaboration, but for the most part, still work from home from, um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And then unfortunately, in uh, late October, we needed to, uh, other than that fulfillment team of superstars that we have heroes for us, uh, we, uh, we needed to kind of shut down again uh, except for exceptions when folks needed to be in the office. So we're looking forward to numbers in Albany are really coming down nicely. Uh, obviously, the vaccines are getting out there, starting to be distributed to our workforce. Uh, and we hope that over the next few months, uh, we can actually get things planned out. We did actually have enough confidence, and I'll knock on a little bit of wood here, that um, we announced the date for the company picnic, uh, the location of the company picnic, uh, for August. So unfortunately, we didn't have one last year, but we got that on the calendar now. Uh, and we're all pretty optimistic that we're going to be able to pull that off. Well, you know, as as you talk about that, it makes me think, and I'm not trying to do a commercial here, but, you know, we do events and we've done great in doing this kind of thing to keep the, you know, information flowing. But there's there's something about personal interaction you 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 can't replace. And we're going to do our, you know, next in-person event. It'll be in November, uh, so a little bit after August. But um, I'm sure that your folks, the Best Path folks, thinking about being together at the picnic is a real out in the future. Can't wait. I'm so glad I got that there because our, um, you know, the Future Freight Festival that we're going to do in November here in Chattanooga has had unbelievable already traction. And a lot of that comes from people are just ready to get back and get back to be together again. More more than I really thought we were going to see. And I'm sure that you're feeling that from your team as well. Yeah, a lot of enthusiasm, actually. And um, it, it has been interesting. You asked what we, what we did to kind of drive culture, drive engagement uh, over the period. And uh, we've had to work probably a lot harder than envisioned in an in-person environment uh, to keep things to keep things fun, to make sure that we're having an impact on the on the community. You know, we have done some in-person things like uh, Nicole, who you've met from our our uh, marketing team, uh, led a team that was planting new gardens in downtown Albany. Uh, we've we've visited the food banks, we've served meals. Uh, we've the the best Thanksgiving effort uh, has really had 
a lot of accomplishments over this period, despite limited uh, opportunities for interaction. So we've done some of those things, and we've done an awful lot of uh, you know everything from uh, uh, Zoom games to uh, virtual happy hours and, and all those kinds of things to kind of keep the morale up and keep people building that team and teamwork uh, together moving forward. That has to serve you really well in recruiting if you're growing 20, 25%. Uh, and and looking to recruit, I would assume in a variety of different areas and types of of folks that that kind of culture, the kind of culture that you're building, going from good to great, must be serving Best Pass really well. Yeah, I think I think it is. And and when I said we had to work hard at some of these things, these they're, they're all things that will benefit us as we look to the the office of the future. And you know, everyone's evaluating what that means now. We're doing the same thing. If we were to talk. Next week, I could tell you the results of a survey we just put out that said, you know, how, you know, what's best for you? What are the what are the shortfalls of working uh, remotely? How much collaboration do we need to inspire in person um, versus a, a Zoom face to face and those kinds of things? And they're all hard questions that we're getting our, our arms around. But I think the the net is probably anyone in a technology area is going to be going to some kind of different world moving. Forward. Uh, I don't think we'll be fully remote. I don't think we'll be uh, uh, mandatory to be in the office uh, five days a week. Uh, I think it's going to be some kind of hybrid approach. Uh, and we're going to do a lot of research and, and figure it out together. I think there was a great quote uh, last week from the CEO of Goldman that said, you know, I got to get people back in because that's uh, for, for our culture of collaboration, innovation, and internship. Uh, we've got to have that togetherness. And I think I think that's the right answer, but it's not a, uh, a five-day-a-week. We've proven we can be uh, productive uh, while we're collaborating on a remote basis, and, uh, and it's a recruiting advantage for us as we move forward. So we've hired as we've staffed up. You know, we've hired folks in the, in the New York metro. We've hired uh, some teammates I used to work with in the, in the Philadelphia market. We've got our salespeople. Uh, you know, all across the country. And frankly, I think the changes that we've put in place to support uh, the vast majority of folks in a remote basis has really benefited the sales team in getting them included in a lot more uh, and a lot more of the camaraderie that most used to be just kind of based in Albany. Yeah, I, it, it's so interesting. We've, we've done, you know, surveys ourselves to understand what our Chattanooga is where we have the, you know, the large concentration of folks. What were their desires going forward? Go back full time, go back, you know, in that hybrid model, never go back. And we're just compiling that now. And I think it'll be, I think we'll get some interesting things. And, I, and I'll say, I, you know, I filled it out myself and I'm, I'm okay saying, I don't want to go back five days a week. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so incredibly capable of doing more work, better work, and having that productivity. And we've really found that to be something that most of our areas, you would might think, well, the data scientists, they'll be fine, you know, working on their own. The sales people, they're all going to need to, you know, be together. We, we do group things now, socially distanced, outside, things like Topgolf. But the data scientists like getting together too. They're, you know, <laughs> they're they're desiring to collaborate and do so. I think you're right. It's really going to be a fascinating thing to watch and and see how 
that ends up uh, ends up playing it playing itself out. But I got to ask you, you you've done Zoom with your team and 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 the like. When when will when will you be able to do Albany more frequently or as a as a matter of rote? Yeah, I've got a couple of uh, key hires that I'm working on right now. Uh, which, despite the fact that I got hired without, without meeting some critical folks, um, you know, one of these in particular is one that I really feel we need to make sure we've got the right fit and the right spirit of collaboration, and that will require face to face. So for sure, the week after next, I'll be back in the office, uh, and then I'm looking forward to getting back. But but to to make the call on when, because I, I do think. Um, for most people, the hybrid model makes sense. It has uh, been a little bit one arm behind the back in times in, in terms of really being able to get to know everybody and inspire culture uh, of moving from good to great. You know, CEO, uh, it's no secret probably that they do very little real work. <laughs> they rely on their team and collaboration and uh, and, and learning. And, uh, you know, a lot of that takes a lot of a lot of meetings, but also a lot of camaraderie. Uh, and it's just not the same in a Zoom world as it is elsewhere. So I would guess um, it'll be regular office presence again for me, um, you know, starting sometime in the next five, six weeks, depending on uh, the uh, the overall numbers in terms of what COVID's doing, as well as how well saturated are we in terms of uh, vaccinations and those sorts of things. Makes total sense. So we've only got a couple more minutes. and. We're going to dig a little deep now and uh, really get try to get inside of, uh, we, we like to here on the Fuller Speed Ahead, um, you know, really get to you know, get some some really genuine stuff, uh, some little nuggets of gold out of the, the folks that we talked to. Um, you're talking to me from suburban Philadelphia right now. You went to the Wharton School of Business. Please don't tell me I'm talking to an Eagles fan. I mean... <laughs> I'm an Eagle Scout and uh, I grew up in Chicago though, but... But you know, having having three kids that are all college age, uh, I I know far more about this Philadelphia sports teams because I'm besieged by uh, by the kids, you know, watching it and celebrating and everything else. So uh, I do have to admit, um, you know, now uh, now in Albany, I've become a uh, Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> I I am definitely loyal to my Chicago Bears, and I do root for the Eagles because I find when my team's happy. It's a lot more fun to be around. So, uh, could not could not agree with you more. And as someone who was in New England, and my kids were born up there, my quarterback situation in New England, I'm feeling pretty good about. I'm not so sure about Andy Dalton, but you know, good luck, good luck for the Bears. And, uh, and uh, but uh, um, I've got you know uh, great relatives and friends in the Philadelphia area that are Eagles fans, and uh, love love to go back. So let me just dig in a little bit more. Uh, and then we, we can we can we can call this. But what what do you like the most about what you do? What's the what's the part that you know when you wake up in the morning you really can't wait to go do this? With you talk about collaboration and leadership and going from good to great. What what gets Tom Fogarty's blood just just really running so that he can do what he can do with Best Pass? Yeah, it's really the innovation thing. I mean, my whole career I felt like don't pay attention to compensation or anything else. It's it's Pay attention to having the right environment to learn uh, and to to innovate, right? And and when I mentioned what going back to you know five or six years, like I like I was at my old business, 
you know, there's a been there, done that element, but implementing that in a new way, in a new environment, a new industry, you know, that's exciting. That's really exciting. And I love the chance to learn new things every day, uh, to probe at things and find out if we can do things a little bit better and to inspire the team to do a lot of that too. So it's, it's, it's all about learning. That's what keeps it exciting. And then turning that learning into winning. Oh, that's great stuff. I, I really appreciate it, Tom. This is this has been great. Um, I wish we had more time, but uh, the, the clock's uh, starting to strike on us here. Um, thanks for doing the Fuller Speed Ahead. Thank you to uh, your team at Best Pass for helping to put this together. And uh, I look forward. One of the things I like to also do in the Fuller, Fuller Speed Ahead, we, we get some return uh, guests so that we can talk about the progress that's been made. You teed that up in, in going from good to great. I'd love to see over a couple of months from now or so, uh, have another chat and see where the progress has been made and and, and see how Best Pass is continuing to evolve under your leadership. Thanks for doing this. Fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And uh, thanks for having me.